Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, Stories and Sermons for the Journey, a channel of blessing and encouragement for friends all over the world to hear and experience how God speaks and works through ordinary people with an extraordinary calling. We have stories of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we have the Word of God declared through the pastors and missionaries of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job. I'm very happy to be with you. Our ministry was founded by Pastors Jose Santiago and Yamile Cruz in Jovellanos, Cuba. And my wife, Tani, and I serve as chief connection makers in the United States. Our team of pastors, missionaries, advisors, and kingdom servants is dedicated to planting churches and spreading the reach of the gospel. And so we pray that you are blessed and inspired by these sermons and reflections and the testimony of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Proverbs 10 verse 9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Last time we kicked off season three of the podcast with part one of a word about living a life of integrity. Keeping all of the pieces in place all the time is not an easy thing to do. And we saw that the heroes of scripture are a testimony to the difficulty of living in integrity. But of course, where God commands us to do something, we can rest assured he's already made a way for us. Now, as we saw, the most basic issues for us to remember are who God is, who we are, and what God tells us is most important in this life. And last week, I started to share a guide that I wrote for my teenage and young adult children to remind them that even in a confused and confusing world, the basic guidelines for living with integrity as a disciple of Jesus are not really that hard to find. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And Leviticus 19:18 says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Love God, love people. As we continue today, let's examine the question, how do we love? A life of integrity is marked first and foremost by love of God and love of neighbor, and by an understanding of just how strong and eternal God's love is for each and for all of us. And if we can focus on those two greatest commandments, as Jesus called them, then we have the best chance to live a life of integrity. That is to say, to live in a way that best represents the image of God in this world. Because a life that first loves God can then love our neighbor. But then, how do we know what it means to love? And who or what determines what love is? Now, right now, the world is very, very confused about this. And people who are trying to live according to the values of the world, apart from the truth of God, will argue that to love just simply means to accept and affirm everything about everybody. But for disciples of Jesus Christ, there is a simple answer. God, who is love, decides what love is. Not my feelings, nor your feelings, nor anyone's feelings. God commands us to love, and the word of God, as we find it in the scriptures, and as it is shown in the life of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and in his church, all of that helps us to understand the action of love. Maybe the next simplest place for us to look to, to see examples of how to live a simple life of integrity is with the Ten Commandments, right? We find those in Exodus chapter 20. If we can hang with the two commandments and these ten simple laws of God, then we can do very, very well. 
God gave these commands to our spiritual ancestors when he was forming them as a nation of his chosen people. And he begins by reminding them of what we've already reviewed. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And that's followed by this series of commands about our specific relationship to God. He starts with, do not have any other gods before me. And then moves to, don't make idols out of anything. Don't worship or bow down to anything or anyone but me. So I invite you to think for a minute about the little gods or idols that you have in your life. And it might be that they've been religious idols, but it also could be that there are other things that you haven't thought about. Entertainment, social media, the affirmation of your friends, uh, maybe your own intelligence or physical strength or beauty or talent. It's, it's easy to make idols of things without even noticing that we've done so. But God is clear that this is not okay. But he promises love to a thousand generations beyond us for those who love him and keep the commandments. And then he says, don't misuse my name. Don't misuse the name of God. When you speak the name of the Lord, it should be with reverent fear and awe. And then remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Imitate God. Work hard on something that's worthy of your effort for six days, just as God did in the creation of the universe. And then set one day apart to rest and keep this day separate, holy. And then the other commandments in the list are about how we are to love God and each other. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. These last two, Jesus actually tightened these up a bit for us. He says that, that harboring bitterness against fellow humans is as bad as murder. Because anger and love don't mix well. He also says that harboring lust in your heart for someone who is not your husband or wife is equal to adultery. Hmm. And he says, do not steal. And do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Be honest, kids. Do not covet your neighbor's house, wife, servants, or any of his or her stuff. Be grateful for what you have. Don't make idols out of what your neighbor or anyone else has that you think you might want for yourself. Okay, then love for God and neighbor starts really close, right? So I want us to think now about love in the family. And this can apply to your family at home or and maybe it applies to your family in Christ. And I invite you to hear these words in whichever context that you find most helpful to you. Honor mom and dad. That's the first commandment with a promise. It'll go well with you and your children. Mom and dad don't always get things right, but they're on your side. And their fondest dream is for you to feel more and more at home wearing God's image in the world. Everything they do, every way in which they counsel, cajole, hassle you about things, love you through other things, etc., etc., it's toward that goal. Then take care of your siblings. You see, until you're committed to a spouse and to making or gathering the next generation, your parents and siblings are your core relationships. We will always be home base. At least we are very close to where your story starts. You have been blessed with amazing siblings. They are remarkable and unique as individuals. They are an incredible force for good and for the kingdom of God as a unit. They love and respect and laugh and cry together. Have patience and care and understanding for each other. Do this for the rest of your life. Carry each other's burdens and see the Holy Spirit at work in each of them. Look for God's gifting, God's intelligence, and God's beauty in each of them. 
Always speak well to and always speak well about each other. Give each other a reason to do so. And don't let anyone else speak poorly or mistreat your siblings. I want you to go out and risk the loss of a perceived friendship for the sake of honoring your family. Because honoring your siblings honors mom and dad, which in turn honors God. You see the pattern here? We're going to take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on the Ancient Path. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed, to see people set free from what holds them captive. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. If you would like to be a covenant financial partner or just simply contribute to the work of the ministry, visit our website at ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be a part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we're back. Going forward from here, I want us to continue to think about those lives that are worthy of consideration as we do our best to live our lives well. Apart from mom and dad and our siblings, who else can we honor? You see, no one was born in a vacuum. Every life has a heritage, and every heritage has its strengths and its challenges. And for my own children, I admonish them to honor or consider the elders of their family, faith, and life heritage. Your grandparents, those still with us, or those gone ahead. Aunts and uncles, godparents, older cousins. These are the folks who have had your back since the day you were born, maybe before. And their prayers and love and support have made the life that you enjoy today possible. And they have life experience which does not require your approval nor your agreement. And each of them has a huge variety of thought, opinion, and experience from which you can draw. Many have wisdom that you do not yet understand. And, you know, others haven't really retained wisdom very well at all. But all of their lives have much to teach you. Successes, failures, accomplishments, struggles. So humble yourself. Learn from them. Ask them questions when you don't understand their point of view. And don't leave it to people who have no stake in your life to decide how you're going to respond to the people closest to you. Kids, don't be stupid here. Search for understanding in place of needing to be right. And then from there, look to solid spiritual and educational leaders, your, your pastors, your youth pastors, Sunday school teachers, music ministers, mentors, teachers, parents of friends, friends of your parents those people who nurtured all of us, and, and people whose thoughts give you godly perspective. Learn from the saints of the past, the faithful people whose examples from long ago still speak to us. And if your attitude and demeanor is loving toward parents and siblings, to family elders and spiritual forebearers, it's most likely going to honor God, which takes us back to step one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you do these things, it will begin to shape your understanding of the spiritual skirmish that's going on in and around you. Remember, as you go through this life, that it's not all about you. Now, that's a strange paradox. The scripture tells us to live for God and love neighbor, and then you, by extension, will have a richer life. Give all things to God first. Live first for God and each other. If you start by loving at home, it will be simpler to love the people in the world around you. 
And this, of course, is your calling as a disciple of Jesus, to make others know the love of Christ and help them become disciples, to care about people. You need to care about people because God made those people in his own image. And you know what? You won't always understand what's going on. And that's okay. God knows that his kids don't always get it, and he is incredibly patient. This is why we have all those healthy spiritual relationships from which we should draw. This is why we have examples that are good and not so good from which we can learn. And this is why we need to hold tight to each other as family. And this is why every place you are with mom and dad is a safe space. And this is why we've told you that we can 200 times or 200 more times have every conversation that you need to have. And that's for all of your life. And then one more amazing key point for you. It's all grace. Never forget that every good thing in this life is a gift of God. Your abilities, your gifts, your talents, your skills, and discipline and even the work ethic to improve any of those things is a grace given you by God. Every relationship you have that's of any value, everything that you own, and any decent thought that may come through your mind, all those things are gifts of God to you. All of it is grace. Grace that is poured out to you though you're not worthy of it and many times are not yet ready to receive it. And it's given so that you might fully experience bearing the Imago Dei, the image of God in this world. And it's given so that you might have, as Jesus said, life to the full, the true full, because no counterfeit that the world would offer could ever be good enough for God's beloved children. So do your best to take hold of this truth and be grateful. Practice gratefulness in every moment of every day of your life. And Job kids, love well, love well as God has loved you and as your mom and dad try to. I encourage you to keep writing this as you walk the road of life. I write these words for you with all of my love. Dad, keep writing this thing on the road of life. Much love to you from Dad. We close today with thoughts from King David in Psalm 25. It's a poem where he expresses his full trust in the Lord, asking God for guidance and truth and protection from enemies and evil. And he finishes his personal requests in verse 21 saying these words, may integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope, Lord, is in you. May it be so. Amen and amen. This brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you so much for being with us. Join us next time as we continue to explore the word of God and the witness of his people. And again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. Until next time, we pray God blesses you richly. Go and be the church.